0: I see people growing in the knowledge of the Word. People are reading the Word of God and understanding it. And I see so many communities connecting. We see the love of God growing in the churches for each other, coming together as one body.
1: Welcome to the essentially translatable podcast, brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. I'm Richard Rudowski,
2: and I'm Emily Wilson.
1: And it is great to be back it's in the great. studio.
2: Yeah, no, you've right been here. gone forever.
1: Yeah, thanks to Emily and the production crew for keeping the home fires burning. I guess uh, <laughs> here on the podcast, we had content that had been recorded in past months and the mm-hmm. last four episodes. Yeah, um, yeah, came it out was, of that. So it
2: was a bit intense, but we we made it. And now we're back with live. We are back
1: and in November has just arrived here. It's Mm -hmm. November 1st as we were making the recording here today uh, for this episode coming out here pretty quick. And at the end of the month, November 30th, (laughs) it's
2: (laughs) Giving Tuesday, Tuesday. this
1: same month, Giving Tuesday. And that is what we are talking about today. Not really Giving Tuesday, but... We're talking with the folks from Aramaic Bible Translation, mm-hmm. who is the focus for Giving Tuesday this year. And Emily, tell us a little bit about who we
2: talked with. Today. All right. So, Dempson and Rob are our guests. Both of them serve with Aramaic Bible Translation, and they just have such a heart for. People having God's word in their own language, the Neo-Aramaic languages that are around the world, both in the Middle East as well as the diaspora around the U.S. and in Europe, just people who are hungry for God's word. And really with firm, deep roots to their heritage. But we're really excited for this Giving Tuesday, Um, just an opportunity to partner alongside, raise awareness about the the need. These are five different language communities, dialects that are unique, and they all have their New Testament, but that's only half the story.
1: Right, and for these folks in particular, these are language communities that go way back, Mm -hmm. not just to the early days of Christianity, but to like, recorded human history <laughs> in the Bible. The Old Testament, these these language communities are featured mm-hmm. in the Old Testament narratives. Folks like the Assyrians, the Chaldeans are also mm-hmm. called the Babylonians. Mm-hmm. I mean, these mm-hmm. are the folks that find themselves featured in the stories, sometimes not in the best light, yeah. but then, you know, eventually redeemed by God through Christ as he prophesied. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah, just great to be in partnership with these folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're excited to have you hear from Rob and Demson. You've heard from Rob before. Rob Hilbert's the executive director of Aramaic Bible Translation, he's uh, been on the podcast before. Demson Lachin is one of the translators working on the Neo Assyrian translation, a, a new translation of mm-hmm. the ancient Assyrian language for today's folks. So sit back and relax and enjoy Rob and Demson.
2: So today we are here with Dempson Lachin and Rob Hilbert of Aramaic Bible Translation. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great to see you guys.
2: So as you know, this Giving Tuesday, November 30th, is aramaic bible translation focused for lutheran bible translators so wanting to give our listeners an opportunity to get to know uh, you as part of aramaic bible translation and uh, all of the work that god is doing through these programs so can you share a little bit about aramaic bible translation and the language communities that are served
3: Sure. Aramic Bible translation, our organization works with five different language groups. So we have Assyrian and Chaldean projects. And then we also have a group of projects that are known as the Sabelto languages, and those are spoken in the Middle East. So there's five total language communities we are serving.
2: Mm, yeah. So the Assyrian and Chaldean could you share a little bit about the the roots there and and the language communities?
0: Yes, yeah, so the history of the Assyrian team um the translation began with Dr. Tolia who lived in Chicago and was a preacher and he translated the New Testament took about 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, he was encouraged by Esther Madison, the founder of Aramaic Bible Translation, mm-hmm. and he began to translate the Old Testament afterward.
3: And then the uh, Assyrian language is what what's spoken today is, I guess you would call it, or many people call it Neo-Syrian or Neo-Syriac, okay. and it, it's related to what maybe people would call Assyrian 150 years ago, which would be very different than what's spoken today. And so we, although there, there is a translation of the Assyrian spoken 150 or so years ago that was completed, it's known as the Ermia Bible, or Ermi Bible. We are working on the more updated version of Assyrian, a complete Bible translation of Neo-Assyrian, if you will.
2: So Demson, you mentioned Chicago. Could you share a little bit about how that language community settled in that area? How did that all transpire?
0: Yeah, the Assyrian community lived in what is known as northern Iraq, western Iran, southeast Turkey, and northeast Syria. And they went through a series of genocides, The most notable is the 1915 genocide, which caused the communities to be dispersed, and many of them made their homes in the West. Mm -hmm. And Chicago and Arizona and California are where you'll find large hubs of neo-Aramaic-speaking Assyrians.
1: So when you talk about the Aramaic languages or Assyrian languages, like when I read my Bible, I see these these names mentioned. Are these related to the, the languages or the people that we see in the Bible?
0: Yes, very much so. so the Assyrian language in the scholarly field is known as Northeastern Neo-Aramaic or Nina, and it is the oldest continuously spoken Semitic language in the world. Wow. And it is on... The brink of endangerment of many of the it, it is in endangerment but in the brink of oblivion of many of the dialects that are spoken the older a language is the more dialects you'll find so about 150 of them have been found to date and this is why we cover multiple Aramaic dialects at Aramaic Bible translation because of the plethora of dialects that are found And the Assyrian translation, it is a standardized translation to cover a certain number of these dialects, and then Chaldean covers some of the southern ones.
1: Okay. And so if I'm remembering correctly, these are some of the oldest Christian churches in the world then. Can you talk a little bit about the history of the Christian church in the Assyrian context?
3: Well, the Orthodox Assyrian church considers itself to be descended from a, apostle thomas's mission work mm. in the region going back to the 1st century wow. now it's I, I mean it's it's kind of hard to to verify that but that's their tr- tradition mm-hmm. and then that has been a church that has been continuously although it has had some some schisms but it has been continuously going since that time. Wow. And then there, in in the region where, where uh, my grandparents uh, were raised in Urmia, you'll find uh, Catholic Assyrians, Presbyterian Assyrians. And then today there are a lot of Pentecostal Assyrians. So there's a, a variety of Christians who are descended from an Assyrian heritage okay. uh, today. But that's largely due to the mission work that was done in the area. So the Presbyterians had a large mission there, um, and they actually are responsible for saving a number of lives during the genocide. That Growing up, uh, I actually was sent to, or we went to a Presbyterian church when I was younger, and it's because of that tradition. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The Presbyterians looking out for the Assyrians in the Middle East during that time.
2: So, could you share a little bit more about the Aramaic languages? How it was tied in with our what we remember in history and the Bible, and just how it has developed over the years and what the communities have gone through?
0: Yes, we see the the history of the Aramaic language very early in the Bible. In fact, Abraham was said to be from Padanaram, and or of the Chaldeans, and Assyria is as mentioned immediately as one of the, in the Bible, as one of the four rivers that runs through the Garden of Eden. And the, the Old Testament in, is written in Hebrew, except for certain passages in Daniel and Ezra, which are written in a form of Aramaic called Achaemenid Aramaic. And this was a language that was used by the Jews after the Assyrian captivity and after the Babylonian captivity. And continued on into Jesus's time, Jesus used many words in Aramaic. "Eli, Eli, Mana as mm-hmm. um, as he as he was on the cross. Talitha Kumi" is is another one, and so on. The apostles used Aramaic. Simon's name was Kipa, which is rock in Aramaic, and so on. Well, also Aramaic plays importance in. Yes, the New Testament was written in Greek, but the speakers spoke Aramaic, they, po- they spoke Greek too, and they spoke Latin, as we know from, it was written on Jesus's cross mm-hmm. in, in those three languages, and we see that there are other translations of the Bible that were early, so the first translation of the New Testament into another language was into Aramaic called the Peshitta, and uh, Aramaic Targums were a 1st century translation of parts of the Old Testament into Aramaic. We see how important of a language that Aramaic is related to the Bible's history.
2: I mean really, it sounds like in the Aramaic speaking church they were fundamental beginning what, you know, we know as the followers of the way, uh, early disciples and practitioners of faith. So could you share a little bit about the early church and what has transpired over the centuries that leads to this Neo-Aramaic translation?
0: Yes, in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, one of the languages and or people groups that are that one of the languages that is said to have been heard was those from Mesopotamia. Mm -hmm. And that's what we call um, Beth Nahreen in Assyrian, meaning place of the rivers, referring to the Euphrates and Tigris, where the Aramaic language is is the central heart of the Aramaic languages. Mm -hmm. And as Rob had said, uh, the Church of the East is a very ancient church, one of the most ancient churches that has survived to this day. And American missionaries went into Ormia in the early 1800s, and Justin Perkins, the most famous uh, missionary for the Assyrian people, had gone in and translated a Bible with Mar Yohanan and Mar Avraham, and that was published in 1852 at the Ormia area region and what is now Western Iran, and that Bible was revised by the American Bible Society in 1893, Mm -hmm. and that was the Bible that was used up until this day in the Assyrian churches Mm
2: -hmm.
0: until Dr. Tolia at Aramaic Bible Translation translated the New Testament and then began the Old Testament um, before he passed away, and so for about 150 years. And then from the first Bible and then the revised version well, 100 years later, we didn't have a Bible. And the reason that Aramaic Bible translation uh, saw the need for a new translation of the Bible in Assyrian is because, as, as I had mentioned previously, there's so many dialects in Assyrian. Mm-hmm. And when Perkins went into Ormia, he had some contact with the mountain Assyrians as he, as he writes but it was mainly in that dialect. there was a mosaic translation and scholarship and manuscripts has ad, ha, have advanced so much in the past century. Yeah. and this, these are again it, it, all not including things like typeset, the formatting and and so on for reasons that we do need a new translation in digitizing. and so this Bible that Dr. Thalia translated this New Testament was with the most updated scholarship and checked by exegetical consultants and um, the community. And we've dispersed about, um, we have 7,000 of the first printing, and then it took about a three-year work um, to translate the Psalms into modern Assyrian. And that then was published 10,000 New Testament Psalms. And now we're looking to complete the rest of the Old
2: Testament. So, Demson and Rob, you both got involved in Aramaic Bible translation in in different ways, being in different parts of the country. Mm -hmm. Could you share a little bit, how did you get involved? Why are you passionate about the work? Sure.
3: So, from my my background, I was a a missionary uh, with my family, serving in uh, Africa in uh, two different countries. And we came back to the U.S. because of some health issues that my parents were having, especially my dad. And we uh, felt like we needed to take care of them and not go back to serving in Africa. And then I was asked by David Snyder at at LBT to, to see if I wanted to consider contributing in some way to ABT. And I don't think at the time that he knew that my heritage was... Assyrian. So when it when he you know brought that to me and, and mentioned it as a possibility, then I got really excited because it seemed like it was meant to be. Yeah. Since my my grandparents are are both from the regions that we were discussing, or and had fled the genocide, and then come to America and settled in Chicago. So you know I was very familiar with the language, and although I don't speak it and familiar with the the culture and the, the heritage. So, yeah, I felt very inspired to uh, take on and contribute whatever in whatever way I could. And so, yeah, being a part of the organization, my title is executive director, but I just I feel like I'm I'm there to just help out in whatever way I can. And that gives me a lot of joy, is just being involved in, in the the process and in the translation and my small way and, and being able to contribute how I can, because I do really believe in the project and, and think that it will, once it's finished, do some really great things uh, for the community. So that
0: gives me a lot of joy. Yeah, I was really fortunate to have been raised studying the scriptures and was something that my parents emphasized And I remember one day I was evangelizing with some friends and I ran into an Assyrian gentleman at the local coffee shop and he didn't speak English. So I was translating the evangelism packet into Assyrian. And I remember two words specifically that I had encountered and those were righteousness and justification. And I didn't know how to say them in Assyrian. So that evening I went home and I was searching um in the bible for the words and i learned them and one thing led to another and i read the new testament in in a syrian, and mm-hmm. somebody at, at my mother's funeral had brought me a, a syrian bible that was the one that was translated by dr Thalia that i had mentioned
2: mm-hmm.
0: and as a gift to me and seeing the work that was done really inspired me and um i was just in awe of the work that God was doing an Aramaic Bible translation. And it was my last year of undergraduate studies in business. And I knew that that I, I wanted to learn the scriptures better in, in the original languages in, in, in Assyrian. And I began sending suggestions to Aramaic Bible translation on feedback on the translation. And they were very kind to me. And I remember the late... Robbie Homer Ashryan visiting, and we spoke with each other. And you know, I didn't deserve to work with the team, and the, there were just so many brilliant scholars. And I, I was a novice, and Robbie Homer Ashryan was very kind to invite me to st- to study and work work under him. And and I immediately went into um, graduate studies into studying linguistics and. I've just been very fortunate with a lot of people being patient and teaching me. And so it's been about 15, 16 years now since I've been working with ABT and studying the original languages and helping out. And there have been so many great scholars that have worked on the translation that have taught me and just been really fortunate to work with them and to have this opportunity.
1: So, demson when you think back to, you know, that first reading that New Testament that you received and really kind of digging into Scripture in your own language, what are some of the things that stand out that just, like, you experience them differently, reading them that way than you may have understood them before?
0: The Aramaic language is very unique because it is the language, as we said, of Christ, and it is the language of portions of the Bible and early translations of the Bible, and it is also Semitic language, so it's very close to Hebrew and I remember after studying um, Syriac with uh, under my coworker, who was a professor of Syriac, Abdul Masih Saadi, brilliant scholar. And I remember the the next semester I would taken Hebrew, and I said, this is almost the same thing <laughs> <laughs> as Syriac. And and I remember a lot of a lot of the words that are used, seeing them, and. Being able to to recognize them from the usages in English, for example, Shuakhtani in the Old Aramaic, we say today Shuikinuch, and it's very close to each other. And seeing these things, yeah, it's just it's 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 been a blessing. I think the English says Hakuldama when Peter when when he talks about the field that was bought, the field of blood in yeah. Acts and we say for example is very very similar mm-hmm. to each other and actually the first part of my name means blood them and mm-hmm. second part is seen is um the an ancient era a certain it means moon but it's also that same field of blood that peter's talking about so these things really stood out to me like learning that and seeing how close my native language is mm-hmm. and the development of it from the ancient Aramaic.
1: So as you do your work, what gives you the most joy? You've been doing this, like you said, for like 16 years now. So what really gives you joy in your work in uh, Bible translation?
0: What gives me joy is when I hear from people, how much the scriptures have blessed them. Mm -hmm. When I hear the excitement, when they see the scripture, digitized and for example on you version. I read recently about the joy that the Assyrian community in eighteen early eighteen hundreds had when they saw their language first printed and they had brought a printing press from America to Ormia. (laughs) (laughs) And seeing today the Bible digitized and people reading from it and lives being changed and hearing testimonies and and people using the scripture, this is what gives me the most joy, seeing lives changed. And people reading the scripture in their own native language, in their mother tongue. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's really powerful. Yeah. Rob, have you had similar stories that you've heard in other Aramaic language communities of similar impact and lives transformed?
3: Well, I have actually... Kind of a a different experience. So, when my my mother and uh, and uncle were growing up, they they weren't able to learn Assyrian, uh, although their their parents spoke it, and they always felt like that was kind of a letdown. And so, I myself also w- was never really exposed to it, except you know the occasional words that my grandma would say. And so, I kind of regret that. But I did not grow up with the Assyrian speaking community. For me, it was it was really kind of distant. It's, you know, I knew that it was my heritage and culturally I identified with it, but I wasn't around other Assyrian speakers. And and that was kind of uh, disappointing uh, as an adult to not have been exposed to that, even though I, I grew up in Chicago and it was, there, were, there were plenty of uh, people around, but we just weren't connected to it for some reason. So, yeah, that's that's kind of disappointing. But um, at the same time, since I've been around uh, ABT, I've come to, you know, find out that, you know, Assyrians still being taught in the communities in America. So there are there are people who are still eager to learn the language, even in America, not mm-hmm. just the Middle East. And in fact, uh, I believe I uh, someone who one of the other translators with ABT who works with Demson. He teaches uh, Assyrian. Is that right, Demson? Isn't he a tutor? Yes. Or yes. Assyrian? Yeah. So it's still, you know, something that people really want to study and want to, to learn. And um, I find that to be a really positive indicator of the strength of the language and the culture, even generations removed from the generation that immigrated from the Middle East. So, yeah, the culture is, is very strong. But that one generation, I think right after the genocide, they did not necessarily want to continue the uh, being a part of the Assyrian culture and be and identify with uh, being Assyrian. But they wanted to make the transition to being considered American. And uh, that caused a bit of cultural loss. But with today's society being much more open to other cultures, other languages, and People coming from other places in Amer- in the United States, it's a much more open environment and a much more conducive environment to maintaining cultural uh, elements and different languages. So, yeah, it's uh, there have been a, a lot of positive things happening with with the language and the community in the United States.
2: Why would you consider it really important for the Arabic speaking? congregations around the world to have the full Bible? Because right now they have New Testament and Psalms, and then they can access scripture maybe in another language. But why is it so impactful to have the full Bible in their language?
3: Can I just say one thing? I, just really quickly um, with relate to that. I'm sure Dempson has something maybe more, more interesting to say, but just for this little, you know, vignette thing... That I wanted to say is that my uncle, he, you know, kind of instilled this uh, outlook in me um, with regards to the Assyrians in the Old Testament. So, the Assyrians throughout the Old Testament, well, in Genesis, are kind of shown to be the bad guys, hmm. um, if you will. Um, they're kind of like the group that uh, people that everybody's afraid of, and I guess you know, historically uh, there was a good there's good reason for that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> because they had. Um, They were pretty vicious uh, warriors and coming from Ashur, they just kind of conquered Mesopotamia, Egypt, and parts of Turkey. So yeah, they were fierce uh, warriors and their empire lasted for a very long time. But when the empire collapsed, probably for a number of reasons, maybe it was the Lord's will, but the Assyrians then were among the first groups to embrace Christianity. So it was a point of pride for a lot of Assyrians to see us playing a a prominent role in the Old Testament. But then also, it's almost like a form of penance, I guess, to be then also among the first groups to accept Christianity and then maintaining that faith, despite all of the hardships being minority groups throughout the Middle East, Mm -hmm. surrounded by antagonistic people culminating in genocide in the early 20th century. So mm-hmm. that faith was maintained throughout all those centuries. So yeah, I think that because of our history being mentioned in the Old Testament especially, it's it's um, especially important to Assyrians to have that uh, translated.
0: Yeah, recently the church that I visited in Los Angeles, they, they were preaching from Jonah and one of the fellowship groups and our pastor here in central California is about to begin Jonah um, next week for the Sunday evening service. And I, I felt the Lord speaking to me of how much he, he loves the Assyrian people and how much he cares for the Assyrian people. And you see his heart in the book of Jonah. And it's not just for Assyrians, but that's God's heart for everybody. He doesn't want anybody to perish, but all to come to the knowledge of the truth and to be saved. And Jesus expounded on the road to Emmaus from the whole Old Testament, and the whole Old Testament is pointing towards the Messiah. And it is true that the Psalms are the most quoted in the New Testament, and that we do have a translation of Psalms in modern Syrian. But books like Isaiah and Deuteronomy, which are yeah. The next most quoted books in the New Testament. These are very vital to New Testament understanding of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Also, and along with the other books, and we at ABT are working on digitizing and printing not only the 1852 translation of the Ormia that was done, the 1893, but also the ancient Aramaic Shuta in the Eastern text in a new translation of the Bible for Assyrians today. Mm-hmm. for They're all coming together. The dialects are mixing. As Rob said, the communities are now different dialect groups here in Turlock and Modesto area. We have Assyrians from Tiara and Berwar and Jilu and Baz and Urmi and and so on. And they're mixing with each other. The language is Unifying, and uh, the late Rabbi Homer Asherian would always tell me said, languages are like clouds; they're ever changing. And this is work that is done, you know, every century. For every century, there's there's this work done, and we're thankful to God that He's He's given us the opportunity to work on it, and the the ability. It's all from God. It's very important. The proverbs are are very important to Assyrian people. I remember my grandmother would would love the Proverbs. And it took a year to translate that mm. um, with, with Robbie Homer. And yeah, we're really thankful for all the support that has been given. Um, and we're very thankful for LBT interested in this project to bring the Old Testament to the Assyrian people. And so far we've translated In fact, we're going through um, the word list. It was about 37,000 words. We're Mm -hmm. down now to 125 to be able to print Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st, 2nd Samuel, 1st Kings, Ezra, Esther, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Daniel, God willing, and Jonah. But the rest of the Old Testament hasn't been translated, and this has been a work that I've been part of for 15 years. But others have labored much more earlier, um, 25 years, and it is it is a work that we have faith that if God started His work, that He will complete it. And yeah, and it is our joy to work for the Lord for however long He allows us to work for Him
2: labor of the heart for sure yeah so you've seen a lot over the past 15 years have you seen the lord working through aramaic bible translation specifically
0: i see people growing in the knowledge of the word i see testimonies where people are reading the word of god and understanding it and i see so many communities connecting and right now for the past three years, the Assyrian Evangelical Church of San Jose and the assyrian St. John's Assyrian Presbyterian Church of Turlock, and the Church that Dr. Dahlia preached at, the Assyrian Christian Church of Chicago have been been supporting us. and now we have a fourth church the Assyrian Presbyterian Church of San Jose. and we see how we see the love of God growing in the churches for each other coming together as one body. And I think we'll, we'll, we're all going to be in heaven together one day, mm-hmm. worshiping the Lord in his one church, really, and it's God's church. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So talk a little bit about the program. Uh, ultimately, what are the hoped-for results of this program? What could be next for Aramaic Bible translation and for the Assyrian Bible translation program particularly?
0: Recently, I've been reading books on the missionaries that went into or Mia and labor there. Mm -hmm. And I see that from the printing press, they had done works like Pilgrim's Progress, Shepherd of Salisbury, and commentary on Genesis, commentary on Matthew. And they did a lot of great works. And so it is a vision of ABT to print, reprint and digitize and have in a format where people can copy and paste and text message each other, email each other, use it on PowerPoint. But to have this 1852 translation, the 1893 revised, a new translation, and the the translation of the Bible called the Pshutta, which is the first translation of the New Testament into any language, the ancient translation, to have that digitized in, in a nice Eastern font and to be able to use these on a digital platform, but also in the future then to record, uh, have the Bible read and to have a recording of that for people who can't read Assyrian to be able to hear the scripture. And that is one of the uh, most requested items that we get. Uh, People wanna hear the scripture in their language. There's a lot of work to do. Our Lord said, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few, pray that the Lord of harvest would send laborers into the field and we're praying and we praise God actually when I was in Los Angeles the past week we we were able to find a new reader to help us in reading the scripture and reading back and and checking and we prayed so so much for for people like you at lbt to to get the word out for the Assyrian translation and and we're thankful to you and our vision is to see helps to put out a hymn book mm-hmm. and all the old hymns and new worship songs where the different churches can use them together and if they if they want to like change a word or a note or or so on they have access to do that and to put out children's books and we want to see this bible in every assyrian family's home yeah mm-hmm
1: very much and i just i love the what you're describing as the goals for the program because really you know um, for uh, people who have experienced trauma and displacement like the assyrians have the long-standing history to have access to that first bible translation that old that old work that to have your faith deeply rooted in that, but also to have access to something new and fresh. It's just a, it's just a great combination. And, you know, that any of us in uncertain times, uh, like we live in in the world, like I guess the world's probably always had basically uncertain times, right? Nothing but, new. Under, um, so. Exactly right. But to uh, have access to God's word in a way that speaks like fresh to you now, and then access to your history and your roots and to see how God's been at work in the past. Just what a beautiful goal. And really here at Lutheran Bible Translators, we are... So thrilled to be working with you as well to help make these things possible. Uh, myself personally, I'm a history nut, so I just <laughs> love the idea that, that we get to work with folks who, you know, the first Bible translation ever done of the New Testament was in this language, and yet God, as, as the, the world has turned and moved, has enabled us to once again to re-engage and to have a fresh expression of His Word in that language. So wonderful. So thanks for the privilege of being able to work with you guys on that as well.
2: And how can we be praying for you, our listeners be praying for you at Aramaic Bible Translation?
1: Well, uh,
3: certainly for good health going forward. We've had a, a number of losses over the year, and uh, we're still kind of reeling from those. Mm-hmm. So we would appreciate prayer that we can keep everybody in good health uh, and continue, so that we can continue the work. We're also searching for a replacement for some of the people that we've lost. So we uh, appreciate your prayers on uh, this, the process, the search for finding
0: people uh, to help us going forward. You know, I want to share something um, <clears throat> with you. So the first, the second Ormia translation, as I was working at ABT, like on and off for 10 years, it took me about 10 years to type the entire old and new testament and and recently i was at my co-worker um author's home we're working on the translation and he showed me a ocr project that he was working on that i had no idea about and mm-hmm. then i asked him i said would i be able to would you be able to ocr the first translation of the ormi and he said it's it's about the printing the type set that's used. If you can give me 200 pages only typed, I can run the rest of an OCR. And I was thinking a work that will take probably the same amount of time can be done much faster. And I I just think it, it reminded me that this is God's work. What mm-hmm. God can do in a second, we can we can't do in lifetime. Yeah. Well, God does when we pray to him it's it's his work and we're just as 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 the lord taught us in the parable i believe in luke we're on un, unworthy servants and we've just done our duty and and i'm really thankful to god and we all are that he's he's given us this joy to to do this work hmm. finally
1: Well, thank you very much for uh, your time with us today, for the work that you're doing. We definitely pray for uh, God to continue to bless that work, and uh, as as you said, it's just a privilege to be involved in it, in God's work. So thanks for your time today. Great talking with you both.
0: Yes, thank you both for your work.
1: You know, I just really loved the passion that Rob and Demson have, Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, Demson... (laughs) Such a great guy with great stories, mm-hmm. and you know, his sincerity and passion for the work and humility and thankfulness to be involved in what God's doing. Just is so amazing. captivating. And again, that's just yeah. one of the, the great parts of, of being in partnership with Aramaic Bible translation mm-hmm. to help make the word of God in the The whole Word of God available to them in a fresh expression. But one of the things that really captured my attention was, you know they talked about the pride they have that the Assyrians were some of the first groups. So Rob and Dempson both are mm. Assyrian by descent, and the the first groups to become Christian. And it goes back to uh, Isaiah nineteen. So God's always fulfilling prophecy in Isaiah nineteen. 23 to 25. I'll just catch the end of 25. The Lord Almighty will bless them, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, Assyria, my handiwork, and Israel, my inheritance. Mm. And, you know, at the time that Isaiah is writing, like, nobody thinks of Assyria mm. as a blessing or God's handiwork. They're the most vicious people on the face of the earth. Yet, already, even in that time when they were in that state, God's prophesying, like, these folks are going to be my people. And that prophecy came true. And, and the same people who were fierce as warriors became fierce in their faith and going right. through a lot of adversity from then until now.
2: it's um, very true. It just shows, too, the power of God's word yeah. and the power of having Jesus in the incarnation of God and as man and living in these cultures and preaching and reaching them right where they were. And it's just how it transformed communities and cultures and lives. Yeah, so. And I
1: just, I'm personally humbled to think that, you know, these folks, like the original languages that Jesus is speaking and some of the, you know, the, when you read the English versions, the writers translate, well, they said this in, in Aramaic. And he's like, okay, yeah, I know that, <laughs> that word. Um, just so humbling, you know, in, in the... In Paul's letter to the Romans, he talks about like those who are coming into the faith who are, he says, they are um, grafted in, mm-hmm. you know, should be humble. And that original context was like the Jews were God's chosen people, but mm-hmm. he had the Gentiles come in when some, some of the Jews rejected them. And I would say then for myself as a Christian of European descent, like even after this, so then some of those original first Christians were these folks, and I'm just humbled to be able to work alongside them.
2: Yeah, it, um, it is powerful. Yeah. <laughs> and we want you to join the story yeah. this Giving Tuesday. So November thirtieth, mark your calendars. Giving Tuesday is an opportunity uh to, to slow it down all of what our culture is trying to say of like bye 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 with Black Friday. Well, Giving Tuesday exists to support our communities, support ministries around the world and so this giving tuesday lutheran bible translators is partnered with aramaic bible translation to make god's word accessible to people in these neo-aramaic languages so we want to encourage you to stop by and visit lbt.org giving tuesday to learn about the programs but also to prayerfully or financially support them uh, November thirtieth. Follow us through social media. Yep. Get all the latest.
1: Yeah, to put God's word in their hands. If you as even on the Aramaic Script on the Giving Tuesday logo mm-hmm. tells us, to encourages us to, to put God's word in their hands, to share the same gift that we have uh, mm-hmm. when we really stop and think about it, what a gift that God's word is to us, those moments that we've had where God really spoke to us and mm-hmm. maybe changed the trajectory of our life for a major way or even just a minor but meaningful way. We have the opportunity to help give that gift of scripture to others as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, in a way, that's kind of what Giving Tuesday is about, to Mm -hmm. uh, take a moment in a holiday season that's really focused on, it is focused on giving, but on material, (laughs) and to say, okay, let's give something that is really meaningful, something that's going to last forever.
2: Giving the gift of God's word is eternal.
1: LBT.org slash Giving Tuesday. Thank you for listening to the Essentially Translatable podcast brought to you by Lutheran Bible Translators. You can find past episodes of the podcast at lbt.org slash podcast, or subscribe on Audible, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Lutheran Bible Translators' social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or go to lbt.org to find out how you can get involved in the Bible translation movement and put God's Word in their hands. This episode of Essentially Translatable was produced and edited by Andrew Olson. Our executive producer is Emily Wilson podcast artwork was designed by Caleb Rodewald. Music written and performed by Rob Veit. I'm Rich Radowski. So long for now.